0: that too via the andy moore automotive group hotline he is a friend of the show did a great job this summer co-hosting with jimmy cook most of the time the fan midday show he writes for the athletic covers the colts which has been a hell of a lot of work here recently certainly probably even more than he bargained for james boyd joins us now has this been more than you've bargained for absolutely do you need do you need a raise much like jonathan taylor here (laughs)
2: I mean, I wouldn't mind one, obviously, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind one either.
0: No, and uh, he's not going to get it till the end of the season. <laughs> so, I, to me, what's the play here? My my thought is, and it's really advice that Jonathan Taylor wouldn't want to, to hear, I'm sure, and it's very simple, but I don't see an alternative unless there's some big grand scheme behind the scenes to get him paid and not doing anything uh, for him to just find out that he's going to have to play to get paid here. What do you think the call is?
2: I think the call is that he's in a spot where the, the team controls his future, so at the end of the day, they don't have to trade him, they don't have to pay him. And after going through the CBA myself, to learn the ins and outs as best as I could over the last two days, there's a story coming in the Athletic about why um, he really has no leverage, even if he wants to hold out. So, there's just a bunch of uh, things that I hope I can explain better through that written piece and obviously on air with you. Just let people know, like, you can't hold out while you still have one year left on your deal to difference between holding out with one year left on your deal as opposed to a guy like Le'Veon Bell, who held out for an entire year after he was franchise tag. He had a bit more leverage where JT has, I've been saying it, none, zero.
0: No, I, no there's none. And that's that's why... In your article, I'm assuming the only players to pay or play to pay to get paid in this this case. Is that it? it?
2: Yeah, it gets into the weeds a bit about, like, you know, if you want a potential out or if you want to force their hand, how much it would cost you per day. So basically it's just breaking down, like – Like acting hurt? Is it it acting hurt or something like that maybe? I mean, hey, certain things is just – I mean, it doesn't help, obviously, if you are going to miss any time because you're fighting for more money – while you're losing money, and it becomes even more uh, convoluted. So again, yeah. I think that at the end of the day, we're probably going to see a just you know an unhappy JT have to walk into that locker room before the season starts, unless he wants to give over checks every week um, and, and play for the Colts.
0: All right. So here's the other thing too, and we're just thinking of it in terms of getting paid right now. But doesn't him getting paid the most he possibly can? And the short term also hinge on how he looks this season, too. I mean, isn't he? He's also playing for his short term and whatever he can get paid. I mean, that also hinges on how he looks and how things go down this year, too, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it kind of, I can see it both ways, right? We're out here at camp today. Zach Moss broke his arm, right? During um, practice, he's going into a contract year. Imagine if J.J., I'm uh, not talking about J.J., imagine if John Taylor had gone out there and practiced, you know, while he's fighting for a contract and broke his arm. Now he gets no money. So um, it's the same way as going out there and proving it. Like, proving you can stay healthy throughout the entire season after the injury little season last year, and then proving that you can be a star player again. I understand that he's frustrated. He's less than two years removed from an all-pro season. But at the same time, the NFL has always been at, what have you done for me lately, league, And instead of running back market, they're just not going to give you that paper before they have to.
0: So, James Boyd of The Athletic with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Also, uh, midday fill-in host, extraordinaire here on the fan and uh, uh, pick-up basketball player. Then we'll get to the point where maybe he was the one that deviated the septum of uh, Anthony Richardson <laughs> you got a couple the, of no, weeks no, ago. No, no, yeah, I, mean, head I, head can head. See, I can see <laughs> I see your ass getting up underneath him a little bit right there, trying to play that lockdown defense and something. No, anyway, no, you
2: tell all the listeners out there, I dunk on Anthony Richardson. Okay, that's the story I want <laughs> yeah. one to get out there right
0: away. Um, I do want to double back to this. This goes all the way back to uh, last week, almost a week ago, uh, Tuesday. I'm assuming that Chris Ballard was privy to all of this, like the the formal trade request and all that, and the uh, likelihood of landing on PUP when you guys were asking him questions last Tuesday, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's plausible. And at the same time, as I've been saying with everyone else, he's not the problem. He's been, you know pretty good at the GM thing, kinda of holding his cards to his vest. It's, you know, Ursay and then JT's agent and the back and forth and all that stuff that's kind of made this more fiery.
0: I I just I just you know everybody always you know talks about the transparency and you know there's a case where there was like zero transparency. I mean clearly you were yeah. you were protecting everything and that always is something I want to say. Yeah, they're they're transparent in things that they are okay if you know. And clearly last Tuesday, there was stuff they did not want people to know.
2: But, I mean, at the same time, then your your owner comes out and he yes. you know takes a shot at the running back market. You know, uh, your top running back, his agent responds. Then you have, you know, obviously last night where J.P. was responding saying, hey, my back was never messed up. All these sources you guys are talking to get new ones, get better ones. And so it seems very personal at this point where – I don't know if I would have said the same thing about a week or two ago. I mean, we knew he probably wasn't happy, but for a play out like this, where you have so much back and forth in the public square between your best player and the owner, it's not a, look good, a good look on either side. But as I've been saying all along, the optics at this point really don't matter because the fact of the matter remains that the Colts and Ursay hold the upper hand, and if they want J.P. to be in the Colts uniform, unless he plans on walking away from football forever – that's probably what's going to happen at some point this season.
0: you think you could still repair this relationship?
2: No, I don't think so. I think that you – if you're JT, you go into this year, and I don't know if you lean on your family, uh, faith, if he's a faith type of guy or, or his, his wife and things like that, but just you find why you love the game in the first place and you go out there and remember, like, you know, I guess how cool it is to be in the NFL. Obviously, you're not – playing for pennies compared to everybody else, so that's something to keep in perspective. But um, go out there and just play as best as you can. But the catch is, like, if you play really good, they're going to tag you. So, I mean, I don't know if he's got to, like, talk to a therapist or a counselor or what, because, I mean, at the end of the day, if they want to do you, they own you and they own your rights. I won't say they own him. They own his rights for the next, you know, two, three years if they want to, even four if they want to tag him for a third time. So, Um, it's a tough situation to be in, but I think that the relationship itself cannot be mended, but can it be to the point where they just work together and and, and it goes that way? Sure, but at the end of the day, it's always going to be the elf in the room where as soon as he gets in front of a mic, we're going to ask JT how he feels and whether he says how he truly feels or not, I mean, his body language is going to be everything. Like,
0: so. Yeah, I guess this question kind of is in, in the realm of, all right, well, he's a guy that's put up big numbers before, so certainly the first-year head coach and also the OC would want him. But do you think deep down inside Shane Steichen, does he care that he is here or really doesn't care if he's not playing with his team? What do you think?
2: If Shane Steichen cares if JT is here? Yeah. After- does
0: he? Does it really matter? Uh, you think to him
2: or? Yes, I think it matters a lot to him because, I mean, I go back to I have a story of on the athletic. I encourage everyone to, to read it, you know, uh, as soon as you can. It details basically from January till now what everyone was saying about JT and how important he is, and how it kind of shifted to this point now where they want they want to offer him a contract extension. But during Shane Steichen's first press conference, you know, not even an hour into his job, he was talking about how. You know, exciting it will be to build an offense with an enemy running back and a running back as talented as J.T. So I think he wants him. And also, the other thing no one really talks about because it hasn't gotten to that point yet is if you really, you know, make this relationship with J.T. so bad to the point where he doesn't want to play for you anymore, and it gets you know all these things um, keep getting going down, and they keep having a standoff. Those are reps that you're missing with J.T. and Anthony Richardson, who is the face of your franchise, your future, unquestionably right now. So if all this comes to a head and JT no longer wants to play for you or he isn't here and you do end up trading him or whatever the case may be and it affects the development of Anthony Richardson, then everyone in the culture organization is going to look really, really bad for getting rid of a player or, or being at odds with a player who could have helped the player, the guy, that you hope can be, you know, your new paid man who Andrew Luck.
0: Well, it's funny, James, too, because our thoughts were always next year and how much you need Jonathan Taylor next year because he was under contract. You never thought that he wouldn't participate this year, I happen to think that it is a high level of importance that you have somebody of the quality behind you as a rookie that's inexperienced like Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor. Do yes. the Colts do the Colts believe that equal to what I believe importance-wise? Or yes. do they believe yes. like the fans say, well, they can just slot anybody back there and everything's going to be alright?
2: No, no, no. They're not going to the fan route. I see people saying, oh, just trade him for a fourth and get some, no, 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 JT's still top five, arguably the best running back in the league when healthy. But the thing about the Colts is they're just saying, we're not going to pay more than we have to for you. That's the bottom line. They wouldn't do that for any player, quite frankly. And so maybe it would be different if he was coming off of a first-team all-pro season. I know people have been saying, well, Quentin Nelson got an extension a year early and Zach Leonard got an extension a year early, both of them were coming off all-pro season. JT isn't coming off an all-pro season. He's also a running back, so that's a factor. But I think that they know how important he is, but they also know how important it is to not pay him more than they have to. And so it's a shrewd business, um, and and I don't see any way for JT to wiggle out of this and, and get the money he thinks he deserves here or elsewhere. So, like I said, the Colts own his rights for the foreseeable future, and at some point I think that we're going to be You know, uh, huddled around JT just asking him how we got here.
0: So I love the NBA, and I I loved uh, having both – Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson together on NBA broadcast. I mean, I, I did like listening to them go back and forth. I think there was a great deal of value there. Thus, I think the breaking up of that group with the two analysts uh, is something that is needlessly done. I also view that...
2: Preach. It hurt me, man. It yeah, hurt me. I,
0: you know, and I also view that as... You know, I, I know Jim Irsay wants to be a, a lead voice among NFL owners, and that's fine if you want to say that regarding the uh, hopefully lack of future with Daniel Snyder as he did and very outspoken, more so than anybody else in ownership of the NFL about that. But with your own team, James, I think you're just better off making sure nobody gets in your kitchen. Better off that you keep everything as professional and behind the scenes as possible. That, to me, that initial tweet that he sent out was needlessly done. And that's why I make the analogy ESPN's doing something here NBA-wise that's needlessly done. To me, and I think Jim did something that's needlessly done because all that came out is stuff that we knew anyway, but now everybody's choice to pick sides, and they have.
2: Yeah, I think it was something that, you know, if the agent, if the owner, if all these people could kind of take back their tweets, they probably would because that was basically like napalm or gasoline on the situation. And again, it felt like from that moment on, All of this got really, really personal and the relationship kind of just disintegrated before our eyes. And I know the whole bus situation, the come Jesus meeting or whatever, the theatrics of all that. I mean, none of this is really playing out well in the public eye. And as you said, it doesn't benefit you to even have these things out there. You can have the same conversations, the same tension behind the scenes. But the difference is the tension wouldn't be in the public and we wouldn't know about it. We would just be under the same impression that we've always been, which is that JT wants an extension. They don't want to do it. And that's that, but to kind of get out here and, you know, just have some of these embarrassing moments, um, it's been weird here, I guess, in Coastal Land and definitely out here in uh <laughs> yeah. camp.
0: It was weird here before you got here, by the way.
2: I mean, <laughs> we were... look, I had a video today of Jonathan Taylor. I just put the the camera up, you know, a minute and thirty I believe straight of, of him standing there watching his teammates not saying a word, not saying anything. I mean, he's here, but is he really here? So that's the definition of I'm here, so I won't get fined. I know fans keep saying, let's just send him home. Why are you showing up here? want going to be there. Because he will get fined $40,000 a day, or could be, if the Colts imposed it, for not showing up for camp. So yes, JT will be here. The question is, will he be here like fully engaged and playing for the Colts? for season start.
0: It's interesting too, James, to see the approach here in in trying to, you know, find your footing, find a spot to where you hope that the Colts budge and give you the money that you're looking for. If you're, you're his representation, that's completely been botched. But you could see the soft touch early on, where he was talking about, you know, I want to retire here and blah blah blah, and you know, I want to play out my contract, and that went like from. From zero to eighty. I mean, they went from soft touch to hardcore in a matter of minutes and all this. It seems at the start of camp, and that has been completely non beneficial to everybody involved here. You think Jonathan Taylor recognizes that?
2: I think he recognizes that, but when you're upset and when you feel undervalued, and I guess the thing that I will never truly understand is being in those rooms where you're saying I'm worth this, and someone's telling you to your face you're not. So that creates a whole other personal dynamic to him. I think he's aware of the situation, the optics of it and everything, but at this point, maybe he and maybe the Colts feel like there's no turning back. We're going to just stick to whatever guns we have, whatever side we have, and let the chips fall where they may. And like I said, the chips will fall in favor of the Colts because that's way the league is set up. It is not the NBA. You cannot force your way out. You know, um, like a Damian Lillard, you know, like LeBron did and forced trades and things like that. There's just no way you can do these things. Um, and actually, LeBron left the free agency, but even then, he kind of got Anthony Davis to come over before his contract was up. But my point is, it doesn't work like that in the NFL. It is an owner's league, and if they want you around, they have a lot of things in that CBA to keep you around, um, even against your will and against your desire to be there.
0: Oh, it's uh, James Boyd of The Athletic with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So what do you think happens? He played for this team this year? Does he line up behind Anthony Richardson in week number one, ready to go? Fences mended and everybody feeling good.
2: I'm going to say yes. I just don't. Oh, look at you with the happy
0: ending right here. You're just great. Nah, I, I knew I liked you from the gate. I did.
2: I'm going to say, I don't know if it would be happy. You might be, you know, mad, but I think that, <laughs> you know, money changes things, Zambi. Money changes things. So when it comes to yeah. him fighting for more money, I don't think that losing money while you fight for more money or a different situation is going to help you. I mean, he's probably going to lose hundreds of thousands of dollars a week You know, if he chooses to sit out, you know, at the start of the season. So um, we'll see how it goes. But at the end of the day, I think that he's going to suit up. He'll be maybe upset about it. But the question for me is like, okay, when does he get off this pup list? And what is the injury? What is the specific injury? Is it a back? Is it an ankle? What is it? We haven't heard from him. That's, That's just the only voice that's missing. And what I wish he would do is just come out and tell us what you think. I mean, everyone's talking about you. We see you. It's like a zoo, honestly. We're like watching this guy. Gotcha. You know, there he is. There's JT. The fans are shouting your name, and you're just, you know, not saying anything. Now, that might be your best move right now, but the tweets and things like that, at some point, they'll have to come to an end, and at some point, he'll be in front of us having to answer for whatever's transpired over the last few months.
0: I tell you, normally I would think getting on the uh, the tour bus of Jim Irsay would be one hell of a time, but it didn't seem like that that was one hell of a time for him on Saturday. Fair.
2: No, no, I don't think so. I was monitoring it. I was thinking to myself, "Wow, I'm really on bus watch. Like, what is this? I've never experienced <laughs> life. I'm supposed to be. Well, I'm trying to like keep up with how many passes yeah. Anthony Richardson is thrown, and I'm watching them.
0: Well, walk. I mean, you weren't around here for the whole Andrew me. Luck thing. I mean, you should see. I mean, we were we were reduced to levels of ridiculousness that you will still not know because you weren't around here during the Luck stuff. So it will never you be. What? It will never be as big a joke as that. I wouldn't think.
2: But my brother, the fact that it's being brought up <laughs> is what's paining me. I'm like, this should not be anywhere near me going into my second year. No, you're right. Um, you yes, ask if I want to raise. I need to raise. But no, jokes aside, it has been fun. Um, and I guess the one thing about journalism and news is like you want to be covering something that everybody's talking about, and that's what I'm doing right now. So um, from a human standpoint, you kind of just hope that it works out to you know, either side from a personal relationship standpoint. But from a news standpoint, it's like, you got that one of the biggest stories in the NFL outside of the quarterbacks. I'm just glad
0: that Anthony Richardson does not have to be placed on the non-football-related injury list because he was playing a pickup game with you and deviated a septum a couple of weeks okay, ago.
2: here we go. Here we go. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. If, when I dunked on him, I dunked on him pretty hard. And, you know, might have caught him with an elbow, but no. Yeah. Well, what is, is that? That fun. Was pre.
0: Was that pre-existing too? that, that situation so or was so something like, that happened in practice? To
2: Shane Steichen was kind of touchy-feely about it. He didn't really explain it. Yeah. But I guess the theory that we have is that he went in for a physical, his first official physical with the team or something, and they might have figured something out. Um, whether it was pre- pre- preseason or not, he'll back at practice tomorrow. And um, honestly, when we see him next, we'll just have to ask him himself. And maybe he'll give us more clarity than uh, Shane Steichen did.
0: I'm going to tell you what, I, I need that done. Too. I need to open up. My my nostril too. I get a brick <laughs> <laughs> breathing through my nose is a struggle sometimes. So, so I, I'd like that, to do uh, that too. You know,
2: to, to hook you up with the best uh, the best in the business. But you know, uh, Anthony Richardson did not go to your local doctor. He probably went to the the the, the you know the Harvard of nose doctor to get that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you didn't. Yeah. No. No doubt about that. So uh, anyway, so you, you expect him back tomorrow? They said that. Is that the expectation? Richardson yeah, back tomorrow. You don't want him today. to miss any reps here. You just don't.
2: Yeah, and, and, and that's kind of why we think it was probably the physical or something because Shane Tychin did say he didn't want him to miss the start of camp, wanting to get implemented right away. And so maybe that's when they noticed it and they got it figured out. But he's supposed to be back tomorrow. He was also here, um, you know, stretching and going through all the mental reps and things like that in a good mood. So there's no reason to think that he will be out for this in a extended period of time. Knock on wood. All
0: right. And what do you say about your article you got coming out? You, you said you get into the weeds of this subject right you know, here.
2: Yeah, man. I have spent. Two days reading through the CBA. Oh, God. All of the numbers. Ugh. Um, it was not very fun. I like playing basketball with Andrew Richardson a lot more than reading the CBA yeah. about his teammates. He but, sound, um,
0: now you're starting to sound like a nerd like Kevin Bowen right now. Tell me more.
2: No, man. I know. KB is rubbing off on me, so I got to, you know, get that stench off me. But no. Uh, it's the job sometimes, man. You get to go to the games for free, but nobody remembers the parts where you got to read through the CBA. <laughs> <I'll
0: tell you. laughs> Let me tell you this, and I think Bob, my listening audience knows this, the last damn thing in the world I'm going to do is read through the CBA. James, you're such a better man than I. You are.
2: I've tried. But shout out to technology. Control F, Command F I'll so allow <laughs> you to type in what you need to find because it's like you know, hundreds of pages and I can't read them all in one sitting. So yep. I skipped around, you know, what is an accrued season. What is free agency? What is our streets free agency? What are the holdouts? So, yeah, I got all the buzz turns, you know, figured out.
0: Hey, Jay, before I let you go, too, we mentioned a little bit earlier Zach Moss' broken arm today. He's out at least six weeks. Well, I mean, and obviously have other running backs in training camp right now, but do you ever foresee them going like a veteran running back type of known name avenue here? Or are they just going to go with what they know at this point?
2: No, I don't see that, that happening at all, really. I mean, they have a guy they're familiar with, Deion Jackson. They have someone else that really a high arm when it comes to Evan Hall. And I think they're just going to ride this thing out. And then with Zach Moss, you know, the injury is bad, but with the timeline that is given, roughly six weeks, six weeks from today will be the Monday after their season opener. And so by then, you know, he will probably be available. You know, got to get some rental time in there, but he will be available early in the season as well. So um, at the end of the day, I think the biggest news – is just JT and waiting on him. At the end of the day, the Colts can wait a lot longer and not have nearly as many financial implications as JT if he holds out. Hey,
0: if not winning, at least we have the ridiculousness of the Colts last year no. and then to start this year. If not winning, you've got that. So
2: Well, you know, my Chap says I'm cursed, so you can blame me for <laughs> um, all the chaos. You know, he's just throwing it on my shoulder. And I told you, you know what, chaps? It's not you sitting around for 40 years of this. It's me in year two ruining everything, so I'll take it.
0: Hey, James, great job in here, by the way, over the course of the summer. I know you had a really good time working with Jimmy and with Eddie. You did a fantastic job, and I'm sure when uh, when uh, you, they get the opportunity, you can come back and be in here too. But we love having you on. Just uh, stay strong. Uh, get through the entirety of that CBA because somebody has to. And if that somebody is you, it's better than me. Well done
2: appreciate it man I'll be back on actually this Friday for the midday show No. Oh. To to Jimmy and Eddie and well I'm going to be um, a, I'm going to be drunk
0: nice. in somebody's backyard for my show so
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know uh you know how much can change between now and then but it's not going to be in the studio for me All
0: right buddy I appreciate you James thank you
2: All right thanks man you have a good one
0: From the morning show, Kevin and Query, Jake Query joins us. You know, it's kind of funny. People say all the time, yeah, this has no effect on the team. This has no effect on this, no effect on that. And then I'm listening to you guys this morning, and about 7.05, you have Isaiah McKenzie, And I will flat guarantee you this, if you were to ask him when the mics were off, off the air, how much he wanted you guys to have to ask him the question regarding Jonathan Taylor and the effect that that situation is having right now, he would say, I do not want you to ask that. I don't want to mess with it. He said the right things. You had to ask. But that is the type of effect that a situation, especially as needless as this one is, has on a team like this.
1: In addition to that, John, while I appreciated having him on it, I thought he was uh, a good interview and a nice guy. It wasn't lost on me. I don't know this, and I'm appreciative of it, so I don't want to make it look like I'm looking at a gift horse in the mouth. But do you think also he was curious why they wanted him to do an interview at 7.01 a.m.? <laughs> Wait a
0: minute. So you, uh, was that to was that trying to, to, to cushion things? When you guys started the show, is that what you're suggesting? It? I mean
1: listen, the Colts PR staff is really good at what they do and they're good guys. And I, I respect their work. But they have to know that coming off the weekend, everyone the first topic and the second topic and the third topic are gonna be this this mess with Jonathan Taylor. And so what better way to soften the entry coming off the weekend into the media coverage of the, the week than to make sure that you're easing into it a little bit. It's a smart well, move, and, and yeah, I get it. Um,
0: could I could I ask look, you this, though? And, and again, I'm not privy to it. Maybe you're not either because Kev, uh, maybe he set that up. But I would assume that Matt Conte would have been open to say, hey, can we do this maybe after the first segment so we can get into this weekend? Because it was certainly of major content.
1: Yeah, I, I actually don't know. I'm not privy to that either. Like I yeah. I, 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 was just, I was just kind of
0: curious if you guys could have, you know, you know if you wanted to, because I would agree with you, too. We have the same stuff going here all the time. I It's funny. I was supposed to talk to Phil Steele today. Right. But I, I, as much as I love Phil Steele and talking college football, this wasn't a day to break out Phil Steele in college football. You know what I mean? So oh, and, yeah. I, and I completely get what you're talking about. There are just some things, you know, the people and especially with your time slot, I mean, that, that people are going to jump on, you know, want to jump on immediately. But I would have to think that maybe if you could have adjusted that that time to maybe, you know, 725 or something, Matt, Matt's always been pretty accommodating.
1: I would agree. He's very accommodating, for sure. Um, so I don't know,
0: but that that may be a tactic. I'm not going to tell you that's that's inaccurate. So yes,
1: yeah, I, I'm not. I don't know it definitively, but I have to. I mean, it's smart on their behalf if that was the case. I'm not hating them for it, right? I mean, it, it, and we still have plenty of time to get to Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, look. The reality is this, John. Uh, I'm going to have your back on this. I, I think people that think that there's not some fan resentment here uh, aren't necessarily feeling the right. Breeze of the actuality. As I said earlier, I think that Jonathan Taylor aired ERRED and the way that he has gone about this or his representatives have, and Jim Ursay aired ERRED by the way that he aired it publicly, A I R E D. So I don't think people have a problem with Ursay. I think in the reality, people think Jonathan Taylor needs to get on the football field. And I think most people realize Jonathan Taylor is taking a unique stand here considering that he really doesn't have it. I mean, what? where is he going to go? You know, who's going to trade for Jonathan Taylor? If you are in need of a running back, there are two good ones out there that you can have without giving up any assets to get them. So in that regard, Taylor's making a huge blunder here. And I think that people realize that and, and side with Ursay in that regard. But I think in the same breath, those people are like, however – I'm tired of the drama keep it in-house like this is a this is a franchise that preaches all the time that like we we keep things in-house and we have each other's backs and you know we have camaraderie and character and you know that's that's you know we like to keep things within the horseshoe but yet this entire thing has reverberated now around the National Football League because it's two sides using big megaphones to talk about the other one instead of doing exactly what they claim which is airing it out privately and keeping it in house that I think, I think that area is where people are just exhausted.
0: Yeah. Um, What do you think this has turned Jonathan Taylor into in terms of the fans right now? And and just what I mentioned a little bit earlier regarding Jim, if if he just doesn't put out that initial tweet, we probably still get to this situation, but then, you know, you get vilified if you're Jonathan Taylor and Jonathan Taylor's a rep, for this right now. And, you know, basically the Colts and Jim Mercy, I would think, would be left out of it. And now you kind of thrust yourself in the middle of the situation because of that initial tweet.
1: John, I said this this morning, and this is what I think people feel about Jonathan Taylor. I think all of us at some point in our lives, whether like in the workplace or maybe in school, classroom, little league, whatever it might be, all of us have had situations where we felt like everybody else got their due and we got snubbed. And I think that's where Taylor is right now. And he's not totally wrong there. You know, Jack Leonard got an extension when there were health questions. Quentin Nelson got an extension when there were health questions. Naeem Hines got an extension before he was due for one. So if you're Jonathan Taylor, you're going, well, where's my due? I get that, right? But at the same time, I think people with Jonathan Taylor could actually feel sorry for the guy because he's seemingly an intelligent guy. I shouldn't say seemingly, like like he's, you know, I mean, I don't know him. But by all accounts, he's an intelligent guy. He's been a nice guy and a good teammate and a pretty quiet guy. He clearly is getting the wrong person in his ear. It's a lot like Oladipo. Oladipo started listening to the wrong people, and and you saw what happened. So before people become angry at Jonathan Taylor, I think they should become sympathetic to Jonathan Taylor, because I don't know – what has compelled him to listen to this clown show agent that he has, but it's, I, I don't know what the game plan here is. I mean, it, Taquan Barkley is a better player than Jonathan Taylor. Taquan Barkley is equally as important to the giants as Jonathan Taylor is to the Colts. And Jonathan Taylor is critically important to the Colts. But number one, his importance has backed up a little bit now because their main focus is the quarterback position now. And number two, he's coming off injury. And number three, He's had basically a season and a half of really productive games where he was a great player, don't get me wrong. However, asking for 50% more than what Saquon Barkley got, when Barkley basically had to go back tail between the legs and side with the New York Giants and is considered by and large to be a better player than Taylor, and to do so when there are not one but two very experienced and productive NFL running backs sitting there on the free agency wire for anybody that wants to pluck them. I have no idea what the thought process and strategy is of trying to play hardball with the Colts because the Colts have all the leverage he's under contract. They can franchise tag him next year. So they basically have him for two years and they actually kind of did him a favor. If, if in fact, which I believe is the case, he came in and said, my back is tweaked from an off season workout that I did away from the franchise. They did him a favor right there by putting him on pup and not immediately put him on putting him on the football yeah. non football. And then
0: Chris did him a favor by not even referencing that when clearly Correct. he knew about that at noon last Tuesday.
1: Correct. Yeah. I mean, if he failed his physical by his own admission because of something that took place, and he he can say all he wants that that's a lie, but when he says you better get better sources, I can tell you right now, <laughs> the source on that is as good as it gets and that you, and I'm not are you talking I'm about the source on the number
0: story. the the source on the number in which he and his agent want is that what you're talking about the number
1: No 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 when he said when he was talking about the back injury Oh yeah said, yeah yeah he said look I never came in and said I had a back injury you need better sources was his twitter response to a chapel and holder report I think chapel had it first Yeah first off Mike Chappell is locked in as it gets, number one. But well, I mean, and that two, was the
0: Colts, too, Jake. I mean, the Colts were getting that out there. And they used. 100%. The, the, I mean, how, when, when other times. I mean, when stuff breaks around here, normally it's through an agent and it's done nationally. That storyline came last night at evolved from the Colts giving that to Steven and to Mike.
1: And extremely reliably. Yes. I'll just say that. Yeah, then no
0: doubt. Uh, you believe the number that has been tossed around? That Taylor I wants,
1: actually, I, I I do. I mean, I think he would settle for. You know, I think probably you start at sixteen, you settle for like thirteen. Uh, if, if if he can get more than ten or eleven, more power to him. Uh, they have the money. I, look, I understand, John. I think Jonathan Taylor has a legitimate point. I mean, I think it is fair for him to say, "Hey, look, where's mine." I mean, I, I've given everything also to this franchise. I've played well. I've won games for you. I've been the good soldier. Where's my extension? Because the precedent, and I always go with precedent, the precedent indicates that he should have been, if they were interested in him, locked in by now. And he's not. So I understand his question. I understand his beef. I just don't. It's like I said this morning. It's like the old Chris, Chris Rock line. I'm not saying you're in the right, but I understand. And that's the same thing. Like, I'm not saying he, he went about it the right way, but I understand what he's saying.
0: So, Jay Query, The Morning Show, Kevin and Query, weekday morning, 7 until 10 a.m. here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. So, I guess I saw this a little bit earlier today. I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, Pat McAfee, with his deal, apparently mentioned um, and I, this is not going to be verbatim of what he said, but mentioned that he wasn't really happy that Jonathan Taylor is treating people within the building. And I'm assuming, you know, people aren't in the building right now, but are up at training camp within the building. You kind of catch my drift on this, who have nothing to do with contracts, how badly he apparently is treating them. Do you buy that? I don't know who that would be. I could guess who it might be.
1: Uh, would that be training staff?
0: It makes I, me I Yeah. Him. I mean, yeah. It's I think he described it as the unsung heroes, so that's
1: exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, I could see l- listen, I, I don't
0: I'm just he, curious if he bought I, I was just curious if he bought it. I mean if somebody would know that it was going to be him because, you know, obviously yeah. he played within the organization, no, I, but just was I, curious. I
1: would, trust what Mac, I would trust what McAfee says. She, yes. Um plus McAfee has no reason to make that up, right? Um he, here's what it comes down to and I want, I hope people understand what I mean here. You have really good insight to the Colts. As a matter of fact, you have as good a knowledge base or, or interior track on what goes on as anybody. Um, you know, I have that as well, probably more so with the Pacers than the Colts admittedly, or like the speedway than the Colts. Kevin has it really well with the Colts clearly but the one thing that I think we need to be reminded of, and this is true, it kind of goes back to the old Roy Kent line and Ted Lasso. Like, we don't really know. We, we think we know people, and we think that buying a ticket gives you the right to, like, question them or whatever else. We never truly know what's going on in somebody's lives. So, like, we don't really know these guys. So we could say that that can't be true about Jonathan Taylor because, his, because that's not the kind of guy he is. But I don't know what kind of guy he is. He seems like a very pleasant and well-thought-out and and, and intelligent and respectful young man. But then again, the only times that I've really seen him being interviewed or talked about is after he breaks an 80-yard touchdown to seal a game or whatever else. To my knowledge, this is the first time really that we've seen Jonathan Taylor being scrutinized in an adverse situation, the injury notwithstanding. So, you know, could he possibly have a malcontent about him, maybe rightly so. I don't know, but my bottom line is, we can get indications as to who we think people are, but it doesn't mean that we truly know them inside and out.
0: Yeah, I'm just kind of curious. I, I don't know what you know what deal that may may or may not have here, but uh, I just saw that he said that earlier today, and I was just kind of curious about that. And listen, Jake, the only move here, right, is for Taylor at some point to play because he needs to get paid and then what i mean one year done over after that um, do they exciting. end up does jim end up going back on his word and you know trade him you know because evidently according to everybody out here that uh basically you and i would be you know good options in the backfield uh coming along here you don't really need that much back there uh so
1: you know i mean what do you think a think happens? They got a little bit of a setback today. And the fact that here's the thing. Yeah. Anthony Richardson, this is a bigger issue. Anthony Richardson, I said this this morning, Anthony Richardson needs reps and Jonathan Taylor needs a new one. But Anthony Richardson needs reps. And now, you know, he has a, a, I don't, a minor quote unquote surgery on his nasal septum.
0: Did he have a deviated septum? I have that too.
1: I had I had a nosebleed in Detroit two years ago in an IndyCar race, and they put what's called a rhino rocket up in me, which is basically like an emery board of hard cotton that then softens with the blood. It was the most painful thing I've ever gone through in my life, and that includes a heart attack. And so I can't imagine the, the, the sense – there are so many nerve issues in your nose. I can't imagine Anthony Richardson is ready to go anytime in the next uh, couple of weeks. He's going to miss critical time under center. Then you throw in the fact now that not only is the starting running back not out there running drills with him, but the the backup running back who would be the starter if the starter in fact holds out is also not going to be in there now because he broke his arm today. So uh, things are getting kind of ugly, right? But they need Richardson out there first and foremost, and they need him getting reps. I mean, bottom line. But here's my question for you, John. Oh, yeah. Which is more likely? Anthony Richardson starts week one of the NFL season or Jonathan Taylor still has the same agent at that time.
0: Are you suggesting that he'd probably have to dump his agent to find any, any common ground or the proverbial olive branch here?
1: He just, Here's what's interesting though. He just signed with the agent, obviously. It's the same agent that yeah, managed to get yeah. ninety nine million for Shaq Leonard, right?
0: Yeah, I believe but, they started out with a little soft touch, right? Yeah, I want to be here forever, you know, I'll, you know, I just want to earn my my ball, whatever, and then it kinda transitioned now into this so called hardball stance, which could also be described as an oddball stance.
1: But Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, but I, Yeah, I would think eventually I would hope that Jonathan Taylor comes to his senses, and again I understand it. I get where he's coming from, and I, I sympathize with him. But he has to know there's no way out here. I mean, he literally is backed into a corner. I mean, there's there's nowhere. I want to demand a trade, okay? I mean, what are they going to get for him? A fifth rounder, sixth rounder? I, I don't know who's going to trade for a running back that's going to knowing that you're getting him on a rental at the and that if you get him past that, that he wants you know, that he wants eight figures a year at the running back position. And again, Cook's out there, Elliott's out there. I'm not saying that Elliott's the same level player, but Cook's pretty close, and they're experienced, and, and you don't have to give up anything to sign them. So I don't know what Taylor's options are.
0: Well, I would agree with you on that. And to me, the option is to come back and play, unless you do that whole Rodney Dangerfield thing in Caddyshack where you act like you broke your arm when the golf ball hits you, right? So you get somebody That's else right. to come in for you. I don't know how else, how else that would work. Um, where do you think Shane Steichen stands on this?
1: I think Kevin Bowen said it really, really well this morning, and the fact that Shane Steichen might be the one that's like, hey, I don't need a premier front-line running back. We're good.
0: So this is all a part of a deviant plan? No, I don't think <laughs> be, that, This would be the most, like, the most the executed of this organization has done in like the past 10 years, by the way, <laughs> if this were the plan.
1: it's entirely yeah. possible that Shane Steichen is yeah. not overly worried about it because he feels like... I I really think, John, Jane Steichen, Chris Ballard, Jim Ursay, their numbers one, two, and three priorities this year and this season are developing Anthony Richardson. Not wins, not Jonathan Taylor's yardage. It's not re-signing Taylor. It is developing Anthony Richardson and everything that they can do to develop Anthony Richardson. Now, Ursay made the comment, I think people misconstrued it about trades when he was talking about how Peyton had Marshall Falk and then Edron James. All he was saying there was that Ursay does understand the value of having a solid running back behind a, a rookie quarterback so yeah. that player can get their footing underneath them. That's, exactly. that's what he meant by that. Because you look at, I mentioned, I mean, Jim Ursay knows the history of this franchise better than anybody, and he and he references it and leans on it as much as anybody. And the other time, you know, he's had three franchise quarterbacks come through here since they've come to Indianapolis. One of them was obviously Manning. One of them was Luck, who did have a security blanket of, you know he had luck had veteran running backs behind him, but he also had Reggie Wayne having a monster year as a rookie. And then the other one is Jeff George. And when Jeff George was early in his career and trying to get his footing, Eric Dickerson did what? He held out and got suspended, and it spiral and it never allowed Jeff George to have any stability at the quarterback position. and eventually they traded him to Atlanta where he had pretty good numbers but he didn't have them here because everything was a total disaster around him, And Ursay has to be aware of that.
0: Yeah. You would think I said this a little bit earlier, Jake, that with regards to, because I've said this and I I don't know whether or not you or Kevin would agree with me on it. I, I think that he wants to be, you know, a major voice in terms of ownership in the NFL. He wants to be a lead voice of NFL owners. And I don't have a problem with that whatsoever in terms of being outspoken. Uh, about the future of Daniel Snyder, which he has been, fine. You know, that's what ownership would do NFL-wise if you wanted to be that lead voice, that lead dog, so to speak. But in terms of, and I mentioned a Bull Durham reference, you let way too many people that shouldn't be in your kitchen in your kitchen by doing what he started here. And then kind of the continuation of it here as well. I mean, there's no doubt that you look at the Jonathan Taylor side. That's been a clown show, too. But in terms of your own team, let those things happen within your own team. If you want to be outspoken and a leader of the NFL, fine. But with your own team, try to keep that certainly a little bit more of the down low. Isn't that fair?
1: Yeah, that's fair. I, total, I mean, the down low part is I just think fans, John, You know, it's funny.
0: They would have known this anyway. They would have known this anyway and then would not have had to have chosen sides over it had he just let this go.
1: What's funny is this. Do you remember when Jim Mercer was talking about Jeff Saturday and he said, like, I don't know how sausage is made. I know football, but like, I, I know I like sausage, but I don't know how the sausage is made. Remember that? Yeah. Like, he needs to take a page from that and realize that his football team to people is sausage. They want to enjoy the sausage. They don't care how it's made. Keep that part away from people because people don't want to get involved in it. They don't want to hear the, the constant drama. They want to know that players are going to be out there and that, that in fact, you have a great culture that players – and I think most of the players enjoy playing here. But that's what they want to know about. They don't want to know – they don't need to know the nuances of the behind-the-scenes negotiation. And, and, Jake,
0: let's remember, too, the last thing anybody out there listening right now wants to be a part of is a sausage fest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that,
0: I'm sorry. That I, is I, there was no correct. way I was letting that one go. None. That Zero. is indeed correct. You don't want to be a part of a sausage fest. No way. All right. What do you two fellas have going on in Westfield? I think one of these days I'll be out there at night too. So
1: we're back out there tomorrow morning. So. Uh, we'll be out there tomorrow. I mean, obviously, this is the big story. I think the other one, too, is going to be Anthony Richardson and trying yeah. to figure out when exactly. I mean, somebody just sent me a thing like, hey, I played rugby with a broken nose, and it wasn't a problem at all. I, okay? I mean. Um, you know, I've been I'm I've been punched,
0: you. and windshields have hit it. Tree branches and a tractor, it's been broken twice and, and never fixed because back when I broke it, I was no, in my I 20s, I didn't have insurance. You know, my nose has but never bled, ever.
1: This is not – well, trust me – Listen, I'm Never. not talking about. I'm not talking about the bone of the of the nose. I'm talking about the septum, which is the the combination of tendons and cartilage that's underneath the bone, and it is like it is so sensitive. I'm just telling you. Like, I mean, I did have this morning. As soon as that news came out, I probably got 15 texts from people because I give my number out on the air, so people text me, which I appreciate. <laughs> but from people that were like, "Oh my god!" Like I've had that, and it is the worst pain ever, like ever. So we'll yeah. see how long he's out. I got uh, I, I got he's sucker. Looks like pu- Marsha Brady. You know that right? Like he's gonna look like Marsha
0: Brady. Yeah, yeah. I um I got sucker punched at a, a Bloomfield, and I went to Eastern. Awesome. I went to a Bloomfield dance, and I kind of wanted to pick up on, on one of the chicks, and one of the dudes didn't like it and sucker punched me in the bathroom, and it got me good too, and it didn't bleed. My nose has never bled.
1: Dude, let me tell you something. You're lucky. All I know is if. Just look up sometime – or pull up a YouTube video of people getting a rhino rock. I still got that
0: so, guy's chick too, so ha ha. Anyway, go ahead.
1: <laughs> Did you ask him if you like apples?
2: I, yeah.
1: <laughs> this dude, when I had my nose bleed, I can just tell you. I go to the medical at the Detroit in Belle Isle. Yeah. And he and he says, Well, I've got to put this thing in your nose. And it, it's a it was a it's cotton. But it's dried and pressed, so it literally looked like an emery board. That's exactly what it looked like, like a nail file. And Michael Young, track dude Michael Young witnessed this because he made the mistake of walking in right as this dude was doing it. He tilted my head back, this this doctor, held held the back of my head with his, like firmly with the palm of his hand, and then with the other hand, starting, you know, like put it right up against my nose, and then with his thumb pushed it all the way back as far in my sinus cavity as, as it could go. And then as the blood gets into the cotton, then obviously it moistens it and it opens up. It was the most pain I've ever had in my entire life. And I, I literally, I, I like pushed the dude. I actually, I think I threw a punch at him involuntarily. And he's like, yeah, I mean, if I would have, t- I go, how, why did you tell me how bad that hurts? And he said, because if I ever tell anybody what it truly feels like, I can never do it. Because you, 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 you're going to move your head. It was the worst thing ever, 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 ever. So. There you
0: go. Hey, Jake, if you want to use this tomorrow, a little pop culture reference for everybody, uh, then the more power to you. Please, please use it. Um, what's going to happen here in this Jonathan Taylor cult situation? It's It's much like what happened with Van Halen. David Lee Roth is going to play the remainder of the 1984 tour. And then Sammy Hagar will be in here to be the lead vocalist for 5150. So that's how this is all going to play out right here. You're going to see so what's your... David Lee Roth for the rest of the 1984 tour, and then after that, they will bring in Sammy Hagar.
1: So you're telling me that Jonathan Taylor is going to get paid by Jeff Spicoli um, <laughs> after Jeff Spicoli rescues Brook Shields. <laughs>
0: that's that's before they went synth pop with Eddie Van Halen right there in 1984. That's yeah, David Lee Roth, I think, wanted to rock a little bit more. So you know David what? Lee Roth should have went to sticks and Dennis DeYoung should have gone to Van Halen. Why didn't they do that? Because Dennis DeYoung wanted to do more of that outside the box rock stuff. And then you could have had David Lee Roth with sticks because he wanted to rock like, I kinda,
1: I'll be uh, honest. Guys did. You, I was driving the other day. You might've been doing it actually on the J and B takeover. Yep. And, um, a couple of like David Lee Roth, his, some of his solo stuff, I really liked. I'll be honest with you. Like I didn't at the time, but I listen to it now, and it's kind of it, it's fun and nostalgic for me. I I prefer David Lee Roth to Sammy Hagar. Maybe that is that like anti Hagar? No, no, no. <laughs>
0: it's it, it it's fine because they were rocking. They were rocking. I, I do have to like James just got out of his chair, so that means I got to go. But um, no, you're right. It um <laughs> it's more rocking with David Lee Roth, uh, and they tried more things obviously with uh, Sammy there. So
1: Great front, man. Yeah. And That's then, fun. I mean, maybe they
0: end up bringing Jonathan Taylor back one of these days, like they did with David Lee Roth, and then find out again that they can't hang around him and they get rid of him again. And then I guess, I don't know who's going to be Michael Anthony. Is that Michael Pittman Jr. going to go? We don't need you either. So what the hell? Get out. <laughs> there it is. Use that entire Van Halen analogy tomorrow morning. There it
1: is. All right. Not and I'll brother. mention that he's from Indiana High School. <laughs> See you, buddy. Appreciate you. All right. See you.